0: Hey there, I'm Daphne Chazen, and this is the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. On the show, we talk about managing PCOS using proven strategies, ditching diets for good, and balancing hormones naturally. Let's get to it. Hey there, everyone. Good morning. How are you? Hope you're doing well. I wanted to talk about five PCOS mistakes that I see women and people with PCOS in general make often. And I think these are really big things that are holding people back from seeing the results that they want and really getting their period back, losing the weight, feeling better, stopping the stress and anxiety cycle with food, like all of these things. And I'd love to know what some of your goals are with PCOS, but. All of these things can be accomplished. The problem is that many, many people go about it the wrong way. And then there's frustration, you feel stuck, you feel like nothing's working. I had someone message me earlier today saying that her case is really unique. No one's been able to figure it out and she doesn't know what to do, where to move from here, where to go from here. And in my 10 plus, almost 15 years of doing this, I can tell you that really no case is unique. Um, Yes, everyone has different needs, everyone needs a different plan, but at the end of the day, all PCOS problems, most of them, the vast majority of them, if not all of them, can be resolved with the right plan. So if you've had this experience of doing things, not seeing the results, feeling like there's no hope for you, there is absolutely hope for you and you can absolutely reverse your symptoms it's maybe that you've done done some of these mistakes, have gone through some of these things and not really seen the results that you wanted. So we're gonna talk about some PCOS mistakes. Uh, There are five of them. There are many, many more that I see people make all the time, but these are probably the biggest ones, the most common ones. And I think we're gonna kind of jump right into it. I'd love to know what are some of your goals with PCOS? What is your, you know, if I were to wave a magic wand over your head, what would you like to see go away? What's the biggest struggle that you want to get rid of? That's going to help me kind of give you some more detailed information. Hi, everyone. All right. So let's get started. Five PCOS mistakes. Number one is not knowing your numbers and not understanding what's driving your PCOS. This is the first step. This is the most important thing that you need to do if you have PCOS. Whether you've just been diagnosed or you've had PCOS for a really long time, doesn't really matter, this still applies. And what's driving your PCOS, and obviously your blood work numbers and all of your health related markers can change over time. So it's important to keep a pulse on it and really understand what's happening in your body so you can start addressing these problems head on. Because if someone doesn't know what's driving their PCOS and they're just like taking a cookie cutter diet or they're just following general advice, yeah, chances are it's not going to work because it's not addressing your problem. PCOS is a syndrome. So it's going to manifest differently in each and every person. Your symptoms are likely going to be different than someone else's symptoms. And that's because different things are driving your hormonal imbalances. So of course, with PCOS, we have a high rate of insulin resistance. We have high rates of inflammation. We have, of course, high rates of adrenal problems, uh, androgens. Yes, all of these things are common, but what's currently driving your symptoms is going to differ from someone else's, and it's really important to understand it. So it's not your fault that you don't know these things. Most people don't get the right information when they're diagnosed, and their doctor doesn't take the time to really explain what's going on or test further. They just say, oh... You have PCOS, here's the birth control, or don't eat any carbs, or just lose some weight, it will go away. Or the worst one is come back when you wanna get pregnant, right? That's not helpful or giving you any information about what's really going on. And so chances are that you've gone online, you searched, you Googled, and the things that come up are generally not gonna be tailored to what your situation is. So you as an informed patient and person needs to first and foremost figure out what is driving your PCOS, And what are some of your numbers that need your attention? You know, if you're someone who has a variety of symptoms that may indicate a blood sugar problem, fatigue, cravings, brain fog, all of these things can be indicators of insulin resistance. Now we can't assume anything. We can take those hints and now test and see what are your insulin levels? What is your blood sugar level? Are you pre-diabetic? Is there a history of pre-diabetes or diabetes in your family? That's something that you also need to consider. So starting to get this picture of what's going on with your health, what's the driver behind your symptoms? What are your numbers telling us? What are your symptoms telling us? And then you can start from there. Because if you have a collection of symptoms that are related to insulin resistance and it's confirmed with your blood work that you likely have insulin resistance, you're in a much better position to start managing your PCOS than when you didn't know this, when you had no idea what's going on in your body. Okay, So the first mistake people make is not knowing what's driving their symptoms, not knowing what their numbers are very, very important to get those two things figured out. Now, how do you do this? I have a podcast episode all about what's driving your PCOS symptoms, as well as what things to ask your doctor for. And so that's those two episodes are a really good place to start. If you're not currently listening to the podcast, it's the Down to Earth PCOS Nutrition Podcast. I have a lot of great information there about what's driving your symptoms. But generally speaking, what's going to be driving your symptoms are things like insulin resistance, high inflammation. So if you have acne, brain fog, fatigue, insomnia, digestive issues. Those are all signs of inflammation and you can test for inflammation and start figuring out if that's something that's a big kind of root cause for your PCOS, okay? So the number one thing you wanna do is understand what's driving your symptoms. I actually have a free quiz that can help you do that as well. It's called What's Driving Your PCOS Symptoms Right Now. You can go to dafnachazen.com slash quiz and it's a free quiz. It takes three minutes to complete. You're going to be asked a few questions. And then at the end, it's going to tell you what's driving your symptoms and what to do about it. So I give you a starter plan to start managing your your issue, your root cause problem of your PCOS in that quiz. Okay. daphnachazen.com forward slash quiz. And it's going to tell you what's currently driving your PCOS symptoms. Now, If you had insulin resistance and you've managed it and now your PCOS issues are still going on, there's still no period, you still have issues with acne, but you know that you don't have insulin resistance anymore, maybe you never had it, things evolve, things change. So we have to continue to dig and we have to continue to test and really understand if I have XYZ symptoms and my labs are showing this, chances are I'm dealing now with inflammation or high androgens. And also, is your PCOS getting worse with stress? That's another thing that you need to be paying attention to, right? If you go through a very stressful period of time, whether that's family, work, personal, it doesn't really matter. If you see stress impacting your PCOS negatively, which is very, very common. And of course, related to your adrenal hormones, those are your hormones that are related to um, a lot of stress like DHEA or maybe your cortisol is high. So you know that you need, you know, to pay more attention to reducing stress, to managing your adrenal hormones, and all of those things are important to know, right? So in that situation, We don't want to go on a 1200 calorie diet, really don't want to go on 1200 calorie diet in any situation. But if you understand that what's driving your symptoms is not necessarily the amount of calories you eat or the carbs that you're eating, you need to be eating more, you need to make sure that you're eating frequently. Like if you have adrenal dysregulation in that way and stress really impacts your symptoms and makes them worse, you have to focus on nourishing your body, getting sure that your movement is correct, you're doing more things that are relaxing, that help you with self-care, stress management, and reducing anxiety. And so those are all you know really important things to figure out. The two podcast episodes that I mentioned, um, I can't remember what number they are, but it's the one that's called What's Driving Your PCOS Symptoms Right Now, and then Seven Questions to Ask Your Doctor. That's going to also help you when you go to see your doctor, talk to them, get the labs that you need, make sure that you have a good plan. Okay, so that's mistake number one. Mistake number two is having a really narrow-minded approach with food. So if you've been diagnosed with PCOS or you've had it for a while, most people who work with me initially come with a list of things that they've already tried, and they're always really, really restrictive. So it's almost the, the most common first step for someone to take is to go and say, okay, what do I need to cut out? And... You know, oftentimes we hear about gluten, dairy, carbs, sugar, soy. A lot of people who work with me have done Whole30, which is a highly restrictive diet. And they'll say, you know, I know I need to eliminate all these foods. You don't, by the way. But when I did this, I felt better. But I also knew that I couldn't keep it up. So you don't have to eliminate these foods. You don't have to come into managing PCOS with a narrow minded mindset around food. Your plan can actually include a lot of different foods and it's a much more positive, more effective way to go about things to think about what you can add. Think about what you can include. Think about not the things that you can't have because really there is no such thing. Think about the things that you want to eat more frequently in bigger amounts every single day. And so if you have a really, really narrow-minded approach with food, first of all, it disrupts your relationship with food. You start resenting it. You start thinking like you're very limited because you are, right? You can't eat this and you can't eat that. And then it impacts you mentally. It starts feeling really heavy. You maybe can't be as social as you were before. And so coming in with this approach of I can't eat many, many things Is not a good way to manage your PCOS, which is a lifelong condition. You need something that's going to be flexible and allow you to stay really joyful with food and have a good relationship with food for the long haul. Okay. So I think that coming in thinking about what you can add, the things that you want to eat more of, as opposed to what you can, what you need to eliminate, which is really nothing. Um, is going to be much more helpful. Now, of course, certain foods are, you know, you need to incorporate them in a smart way. And we, if we're talking about things like sugar and a lot of carbohydrates and alcohol and all of that stuff, you need a plan to include these things, but you don't have to go on an elimination diet. That's really strict and hard to follow in order to manage your PCOS. I have people in my program who eat desserts and they go out and they include alcohol. And they of course eat bread, pasta and potatoes pretty much every day. And they are thriving. They're doing just fine. Their symptoms are very much under control and they don't have a fear of food anymore. Okay. They're not really thinking about what to eliminate. They're thinking about what to eat more of. And naturally when you do that, you're going to crowd your plate with the things that are great for your body and the other things are going to be limited and more sporadic and that's what you want okay so don't come into this thinking okay what do i need to eliminate in order to manage this thing that's not a good approach to take what we do want to do is think about okay what things help me that i need to eat more of whether that's protein and vegetables and incorporating certain things that are known to be helpful for PCOS, like flax seeds and green tea and greens and berries and beans and all of these things. There are so many foods that are great for PCOS and have been demonized for a really long time in diets like Whole30 and Paleo and Keto. And that is absolutely not the case for PCOS. Okay, so... I see a lot of people, You know, of course, we hear a lot about gluten and dairy being inflammatory. There is no science, there is no evidence, there is no proof that that is the right thing for PCOS. Of course, if you eliminate these things and you feel better and you're able to stick with it, great, do that. But most women do not need to eliminate dairy and gluten. Again, in my programs, I have many, many women. I think I have maybe one or two people who have confirmed that they're not tolerating dairy so they don't eat it. But other than that, people get their period back. They lose weighting, they're losing weight consistently. They have no cravings. They have more energy, healthy skin and nails and hair. And none of that includes eliminating gluten and dairy. So just keep in mind that you can be a little bit more flexible and open-minded with what you're eating. You don't need to be so strict. And again, mentally, of course, that can cause a lot of anxiety. The next thing I want to talk about is trying to do all the things at one time this is a really big one. So when people get diagnosed with PCOS or when they try to manage it more healthfully, they tend to go all gung ho into this thing and try to really eliminate everything. You know, like I just said, eliminate certain food groups, go to the gym twice a day, try to get a bedtime routine and go to bed at 8 PM where they have a zillion things to do. And really, you know, these are all good things And of course, we want to be thoughtful about our sleep and movement and nutrition. But when you try to incorporate too many changes that are so far off from what you're doing now, you burn out. It's really hard to keep that going. And so you actually need to do very small things more consistently in order to manage PCOS. So don't think about the most dramatic change that you can make. Think about little things. Like if you were to spend 10 minutes of on your health today, what would you do? Would you just take a 10-minute walk? That's perfect. Would you meal prep your dinner? Maybe defrost something, maybe throw something in the crock pot. Would you cut up a snack for yourself and just kind of, you know, make sure to take a break from what you're doing and be more mindful when you eat? Little things like this are really going to make a huge difference because they're very sustainable. You can keep doing them day in and day out. My most successful clients do very small things, but they do them every day. Okay, so I have really, no, most of my clients actually don't exercise in a formal way. So really, this is one of the biggest mistakes people do, where they come up with these really elaborate fitness routines, or they say that they're going to go to the gym five days a week, and they're only able to stay with it for maybe two, three weeks at the most. Most of my clients just take random walks that they enjoy taking, and they don't think about a workout routine that's so elaborate and demanding. And they're able to do it, they actually enjoy it, so they wanna keep doing it. And they also do very little things with their nutrition. And I'll give you some examples, but these are some of the things that have made the biggest difference for them because some of them have been doing it for over a year. So I have people who have not only lost weight, but regulated their cycle, got pregnant, reversed acne, reversed their digestive issues, and they did it one small thing at a time. They didn't do anything dramatic. But they were in a program, they got the coaching and support that they needed, so they were able to stay with it for a long time. And day-to-day, maybe things don't look like they're changing that much, but week by week and month by month and after a whole year, the transformation is huge. And so I'm telling you this so that you know that the most dramatic changes usually lead nowhere. They lead you right back to square one because you burn out, you can't keep up with them. But if you do something small, if you took 10 minutes today to to dedicate to your health and did just one thing, just the simplest thing, and then you did again tomorrow, and again the next day, and the next day, by the end of three or four months, you're gonna see huge, huge results. And so let's think really small and doable, chunk it out. Make sure it's bite-sized. What you're doing for your health needs to be really, really small and doable so that you can keep doing it because PCOS is a lifelong condition. It's not gonna go away. You need to constantly be managing it. And if you do it in little chunks of things that you actually enjoy, like little bouts of movement or meal parping a meal that you actually enjoy and it's healthy for you, or getting a healthy snack and eating it mindfully, taking a break, those are the types of things that are going to make your body feel a lot better because they're actually good for your hormones. Okay. So it's not about doing the most crazy workout routine. It's not about going to the gym twice, a, twice a day. I've had people who have done that. And initially, you know, they feel really proud and they feel good, but you can see that by the end of the week or month, they're not able to do that anymore. And then they're not doing anything, right? They're just. The throwing in the towel. So let's not do that. So um, the other thing is that, you know, I told you someone messaged me earlier today to say really nothing has worked for me. A lot of times it's not that something didn't work is that you didn't do it for long enough. <laughs> and usually that's because it was too strict. So if you're doing something that's really strict and you weren't able to stick with it for more than three or four weeks, of course it's not gonna work. Managing your hormones is a long game you have to be in it for at least three or four months before you decide that something's not working. Um, just to give you a little idea, when you, if anyone here is interested in getting their period back or want to regulate their period, that's something that, can, that takes 100 days, right? So in order for you to get a period back, if you haven't had one in a while, your body, in order to ovulate, needs about 100 days. And that's something that most people don't realize. So if you were to stick with something for three to four months and you did it in the right way, you didn't cause stress on your body, you didn't exercise twice a day, you didn't eat 1200 calories, you actually nourished your body with some of the things that I share here and on my podcast, and you stuck with it for three to four months, chances are you will see the results. Your period will regulate. So if you've tried a lot of different things and they were very strict and you weren't able to stick with them very long, that may be the case, right? You may have not done something that's too strict and not correct for your body. And if you haven't done it for long enough, if you haven't done a good routine for long enough, that's also um, something that can really disrupt everything. Okay. If you have a question, put it into the questions box and I'll try to answer it at the end. We're almost done. So we talked about not knowing your numbers. That's mistake number one, not knowing what's driving your PCOS symptoms, not understanding your labs. We talked about being very narrow-minded with food and thinking about what to eliminate and what things to not have. That's not a good way to go. We talked about um, trying to do all the things and not paying enough attention to the small habits. Okay, small habits is what wins the race with PCOS. And so don't think about making big dramatic changes. Think about 10 minutes a day what can you do for your health and do it over and over again. Okay, number four is being really selective with movement. There is so much misinformation about the best workouts for PCOS and, you know, mostly related to high-intensity workouts that are spiking cortisol levels, and the science is just not there. There is not one type of workout that's the best for PCOS. That's absolutely not true. Many women can work out in pretty intense ways and recover just fine, okay? So whether that's cardio, whether whether that's CrossFit, whether that's just walking, yoga, lifting weights, all forms of movement are great for PCOS. And you don't have to, if you enjoy something, but you heard that it may not be good for you, why don't you listen to your body instead of to someone else? This is what I always tell people, listen to your body, see how you recover, right? If you're working out in this way and you wake up the next day feeling energized and strong, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that workout, okay? So you need to make sure you're getting enough sleep, you're eating enough, You're letting your body recover. You're not doing very intense things multiple days in a row. But other than that, there's really no reason to avoid anything as far as workouts. So you don't need to be selective because what happens is people get selective with workouts and then they don't move at all because they're not sure what to do or what's the best thing. So if you're constantly waiting to find the best diet, the best workout, the best routine for PCOS, and you end up not doing any of them because you're overwhelmed, this is your reminder to just start doing something. Start moving. Okay, if you enjoy intense movement, do it once a week, do it twice a week. See how you feel, see how your body feels and then take it from there. It absolutely is the case that, you know, you don't want to overdo it. And that's obviously true for everything else, not just for PCOS. But also, if you're someone with PCOS that has a lot of other stress that's poorly managed and you have symptoms like fatigue and insomnia and acne, digestive issues, joint pain, migraines, those are all signs of inflammation. You may wanna start with something that's a little less demanding on your body as far as a workout, maybe something that's calmer. But at the end of the day, there's not gonna be one workout that's best for everyone. That is absolutely not true. You wanna diversify your workouts. You wanna recover from them properly with food, sleep, and taking breaks from your workouts. And you also wanna to listen to your body and make sure that you, your body's not telling you, oh, that was too much, or you know, if you're super sore the next day and you feel like a truck hit you, that's probably not the best workout for you. But other than that, there's no um, hard and fast rules as far as workouts. So don't be so selective. And then the next thing is related to supplements. I get a ton of questions about supplements all the time. And here's the thing with supplements they're not that important in the grand scheme of things. And I said what I said, supplements are meant to supplement your nutrition, okay? So they're not something to rely on. A lot of times people rely on supplements as the thing that's gonna cure them, almost like a medication. A supplement is not like a medication, okay? So the medication for PCOS, the prescription for PCOS is nutrition, okay? Nutrition is is the prescription for PCOS. Supplements help, but you have to get all the foundational things together first, that's the food, sleep, and you know, light movement, making sure that you're getting enough stress reduction, you're not building up too much uh, an emotional load there. Those are all the things that are gonna help with your hormones. Supplements are the very tip. They're kinda like the cherry on top. They don't really make a huge difference if none of those other pieces are dialed in. Now, The only supplement that I do recommend for most women is inositol. And I did a whole podcast episode on this. So if you haven't listened to it, I do recommend that you check it out. But at the end of the day, not everyone needs to be on a supplement for PCOS. And I definitely don't think that you need to just take a tea or a pill or a powder from the internet that's just generally good for PCOS. Those things are not going to be tailored to your unique needs. They're not gonna address your PCOS drivers necessarily unless you've identified that that's the case. And at the end of the day, they're definitely not gonna replace a nutrition plan. So if you don't have a nutrition plan yet, that's where I would focus. Don't spend money on expensive supplements that you don't even know what they do or how they may benefit you. I see a lot of people do that, okay? Supplements are not that helpful if nothing else is in place. And they really help. They're kind of like, I always tell people, they're kind of like mouthwash. Like you cannot replace brushing your teeth with just using mouthwash, right? The same way you can't just take a supplement and not take care of everything else. It just doesn't work. And so they're kind of like the final touch, the thing that helps fine tune what you're doing with your nutrition and health in general, but they're not something to rely heavily on. So if you're taking supplements right now and you're seeing no difference, and I hear this all the time, I'm taking all, all these supplements, I don't know if they're helping. If you don't know if they're helping, they're likely not helping. So we need to make sure that you're doing other things that are gonna give you a better result. And then we can add a supplement here and there. So I'll give you an example. I have a lot of clients who don't eat fish. And women with PCOS are prone to inflammation and a deficiency in omega-3 fats. So if you don't eat fish and you have issues with inflammation, maybe you're someone who does need to supplement omega-3 fats because that's something that your body doesn't make naturally, okay? So that's one example of a situation where a supplement can help. But for the most part, you should be able to get your nutrition from your food so we don't need a multivitamin most people don't need a multivitamin to just like cover their bases i don't believe in that your food should cover all your bases and then we can supplement very strategically based on what's going on with you so inositol can be helpful with reducing insulin resistance and fertility enhancing fertility and it is a very well studied supplement for pcos so that's one that i do usually recommend but beyond that i don't think that there's a reason to rely so much on supplements or to take something that's just cookie cutter for PCOS. And there are plenty of supplements like that out there. Um, make sure that what you take is specific to your needs and is going to address your problems. So those are the five mistakes. Let's just recap real quick. Okay. We talked about having an open-minded approach. So the mistake is having a narrow-minded outlook and focusing more on what to eliminate. We talked about mistake of not knowing what's driving your PCOS symptoms and not knowing your numbers. We talked about not paying enough attention to the small things and thinking only about big dramatic changes that are very hard to sustain. That's a big mistake that a lot of people do and then they burn out. We talked about um, overanalyzing workouts and then not doing anything. Okay, So if you're someone who's constantly thinking about that and you're not moving your body because you're not sure how, Don't do that. Start moving your body, start with walks, start with something very simple. Don't sit just because you don't know what workout is best for PCOS. That absolutely defeats the purpose of wanting to get healthier and moving your body, right? And then the last one we just talked about is supplements. Okay? So relying too much on supplements is not something that I recommend. Um, Okay, I'm gonna address some questions that you have. I don't know why they're not showing up here, but let's see here. Um if you had a question it probably scrolled up already for me so put it back in here. Um how can we know what number what our numbers should be? So there are, um, so in my program, I give you a whole PDF summarizing exactly what labs to ask for. I don't have that as a freebie right now. Um, that's a resource that I give inside my programs. But generally speaking, I would say that there are a few things that are very important to test for PCOS. That's gonna be your insulin resistance. And in order to test for insulin resistance, we don't wanna look at your blood sugar because your blood sugar could be normal. And that still doesn't mean that you're not insulin resistant. So that's a really good thing to think about and to know. You need to be testing your fasting insulin. You need to be testing your fasting blood sugar levels, your A1C, which is a three month average of your blood sugar. And then you also wanna ask your doctor for an oral glucose tolerance test. That's a blood test that it takes a little bit longer to perform because you need to drink a sugar solution. It's kind of like the test they give during pregnancy And they see what your insulin response is over the course of I believe two hours after you drink the sugar solution so that's a really good indication of your insulin resistance so insulin resistance is important to test cholesterol so your lipid panel is important to test your thyroid full thyroid panel is important tsh t3 t4 antibodies for your thyroid your doctor should know what those are Uh, So those are the three things that I would definitely recommend and then of course your sex hormones. So your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, we need to know what that looks like as well. So those are a few that are a great place to start. Um, Is there a certain heart rate we should aim for during workouts to avoid a rise in cortisol level? No, I don't usually recommend, you know, micromanaging your numbers to that extent. Your cortisol, is actually going to drop during a workout, okay? So it is not true that intense workouts spike your cortisol and then that keeps it spiked up for the rest of the day or month or year or whatever. That is absolutely not the case. If you have issues with your adrenals, you may not wanna go too intense. I don't know as far as heart rate, what that may be for you, everyone's a little bit different. So there's not like a cookie cutter recommendation in terms of that. Um, but I do recommend that you do something that's somewhat tolerable. So you feel like you're making an effort, but you're not completely wiped out and overexerted by the end of your workout. And so just kind of listen to your body. I don't usually recommend a certain number of heart rate or, or anything like that. The recovery is really very important too. Um, okay, let's see here Let's scroll back a little because I saw a couple questions there. Um, Samantha says, my dream is to get pregnant again. I'm turning 30 and PCOS has stopped this dream. I need to help and guidance. Yeah, you absolutely can. Um, And if you've gotten pregnant in the past, that is also a good sign. So, you know, focusing on ovulation, enhancing your fertility, eating enough, making sure that your hormones are in check, you absolutely can do that. Um, Okay, any other questions? You could put them into the chat. I'll hang on for a few more seconds. Other than that, thank you so much for tuning in. I'll be live here again probably later this week to talk about another topic. I'm thinking about cravings. If you have a topic that you want me to talk about, I'm happy to take suggestions. You can DM me and um, you're welcome, Samantha. All right, everyone, thanks for joining. I'll see you soon, bye.